My name's Matt, and I'm a Pistons fan. And this is my Uncle Drew. Hey. Welcome to Emo Town. So, Drew, we have a little bit of Pistons news today. Uh, it turns out that a little bit of the bench rotation and the hierarchy of that bench rotation has been kind of, let's say, put in concrete that has not yet quite dried by Dwayne Casey. I don't want to call it stone, but according to Omari Sankofa of the Detroit Free Press, Dwayne Casey told him that the second unit would be focused around Derrick Rose and Seko Dumbuya. So that seems to me like that is a ringing endorsement of the organization's faith in the way Seku played during the preseason. Uh, do you think that there's another way to read that? Uh, no, I think that he was impressive. And, uh, and I think if, if that's exactly how it's phrased, it's, it's well-deserved. I mean, uh, Derek Rose is going to have a lot of meaningful minutes coming off of the bench now that we have Killian Hayes to start. So to know that Seko Demboye is going to be the number two guy for that is fantastic. And I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him get those valuable minutes. Me too. Me too. I think it also kind of gives you a hint of what type of minutes to expect from Blake Griffin. I I, I would think it's going to be in the, in, in the neighborhood of just over half the game, maybe 26 minutes, 28 minutes. Yep. Uh, Cause that's going to be how you're going to end up featuring Seku so heavily because I expect Jeremy Grant to play anywhere between 28 and 33 minutes a game. And so I, mean, Seku I would hope so. Is the yeah. second. Yeah. If the, with how much you're paying him and stuff like, and, and being a younger player still uh, not a guy like Blake, who you kind of need to find his spots. Um, so it seems to me that if Seku's going to be one of the guys that the second unit is focused on that, that was the wording. That's not my wording. That's, that's, I don't even think that's Omari's wording. I believe that's Dwayne Casey's wording, that the second unit will be focused around Derrick Rose and Seku Dinabuya. You know, so I don't that think it comes by a surprise to a lot of people that Dwayne Casey favors veterans. So to hear that sure. such a young guy is going to be focused uh, a bunch yeah. in the offenses, or of course, just in the defense and offense as well, but is going to be focused on is fantastic. I actually think that that even speaks even more to the praise of how well he did this preseason and what they're projecting him to do this season compared to last. Yeah, that, that makes me feel really good because as a fan and and as you know that this uh, the podcast is called Emo Town and and for a reason, um, it's uh, I was starting to get really really high on him. I, I said on Twitter uh, that I thought he had uh, and, and on our little first podcast that I thought he had uh, Pascal Siakam or better type potential, yeah. and uh, uh, he it, to me that. The, that kind of endorsement from Dwayne Casey says that that isn't just me chasing after fool's gold or anything like that, that there, there really is something there that they see that they're going to be mining. And, and I'm glad and really happy about it. Yep. Like um, it, the it, other big, Oh yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. As you're discussing Twitter, uh, just for our valuable listeners, of course, we are on Twitter and of course, Facebook at emo Tom's Pistons. That's a uh, capital E capital T capital P emo Tom Pistons. Uh, Today, of course, being our first podcast officially, uh, is only fitting that it happens on the 129th birthday of the game of basketball, thanks to Dr. James Naismith. And while Matt was tweeting about that on our Emo Towns official page, he actually got a like from the official Basketball Hall of Fame. So, uh, quick round of applause, of course, for Matt for doing that. 
absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Yes, it yes. Will be, I'm retiring from Twitter it will, forever. <laughs> absolutely, we're done after that. So, uh, big kudos to that, Matt. But but continue with what you were saying. Uh, speak well, you know. Speaking of Twitter, actually, uh, one thing about that I've been noticing on Pistons Twitter over the last couple of days since uh, Zan and Musa was waived, uh, they're very very upset about this Bruce Brown trade. And um, there seems to be this division growing between older Pistons fans and younger Pistons fans. The older Pistons fans seem to be shouting that y'all were obviously babies when we traded Chauncey because this doesn't hurt that bad. And uh, and and the young ones seem to think that this is a, this is a real loss to the team. And and though I am, I was in high school when we traded. Well, no, college when we traded Chauncey Billups. Um, so I'm old enough for that to have hurt really bad. I do kind of understand why they're so upset about this Bruce Brown thing. You, you, you <sighs> didn't really, you didn't get much for Here's it. Here's the thing right? is, is he's not Chauncey, obviously. Okay. But sure, you still have to not. keep the guys who want to be here. Being a right. Celtics fan, you, you, you know, I go back to Isaiah Thomas. He wanted sure. to be a Celtic. He played phenomenally for us. We, we, we went deep in the playoffs. He lost his sister, unfortunately. And, and he still came out and he balled out. And, you know, it, it felt like the organization just didn't have his back when they let him go. And I, I feel like, you know, same situation here. He wanted to be here. He, you know, he could play some solid minutes. So why would we, one, not keep him? Even though, he, again, he's, he's not Chauncey Billups level. Of course he's not. But well, yeah. he's, a, he's a guy that you still want to keep around because, you know, he, he – he wanted to be here. He he wasn't a terrible player by any means. And of course, who we got for him, we let go anyway. So sure. it was all for nothing. I mean, there's a second round pick involved as well for next year. And the Pistons kind of don't have a lot of second round picks. And that's sure. what Bruce Brown was too. But Bruce Brown reached a level of NBA achievement that the average uh, second round pick just doesn't. Yeah. You know what I'm and, saying? And of course, we already know that that future second round pick is, of course, the, the future MVP of the league. And that's fantastic. So that's good. Right. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, no, the. Uh, um, you, you get the second round pick. You don't have any second round picks. Bruce was a second round pick. There is a way to look at it as though it's a wash. But I, I really do understand that. Why, why Pistons Twitter is so upset. Bruce Brown was a starter on a playoff team. Yeah. That's just, it's a fact. It's, it's maybe it wasn't the best playoff team. And it was a playoff team that got, you know, swept by the Bucks and just trounced. But, but Bruce Brown was a starter on that team. Yeah. And uh, as a second round pick rookie as well, and played hard defense. Dwayne Casey had already abandoned the idea of Bruce as a point guard, which a lot of, again, a lot of Pistons Twitter was a little bit. I, I worry would, that Dwayne Casey gives up on guys too soon. I worry about that too, Drew. I really do. It's it's one of the things that he has this, this golden reputation as somebody who uh, develops hard workers like if you're a hard worker and you have talent Dwayne Casey will find a way to get you time and what you need to develop that talent he has that reputation uh, from what he did in Toronto but from what I've seen in Detroit he maybe bails on young players I it's I don't know it's it's hard to say it, he, it really is he's looking for that 
that Pascal Siakam. And he thinks that if, you know, if you don't show that within your first season or two, it's just, you're a, you're a lost cause. And, and of course he's used to winning basketball. Of course he did well, you know, with Toronto, but he also needs to understand that he's not coaching that team and he needs to be a little bit more patient. Right. And I think this season, what happens with Siko Dumbuya and what happens with uh, various other young players on the roster that are in a position where they're uh, about to make, they're about to make changes as to what their career is. Like they're at that point where they're on the bubble. It's, it's going to burst it. The the player that they are, that's kind of done. It's it's they're in this stage of metamorphosis. It's time to come out of the cocoon. There's a handful of players on the roster that you you can say that about. And I really think that Dwayne Casey's reputation as this developer of talent is it's, that reputation is on the line in this season for the Pistons. It doesn't matter how many games they win. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. It matters how good they look and how, how often are they repeating mistakes? Yep. How often are we seeing areas where they've clearly improved? That's what it'll be about because yep. right now he's got this reputation, but all I can see are, well, did he develop good players or did he just have good players? Right. Right. Is he a master by design or by accident? Right. Yeah. Or is this completely an accident? Yep. Right. So, uh, and, and it's still, even in Detroit, we might just have some good players, but still, I think that reputation is on trial this season and we're going to learn an awful lot about well, what, we got uh, to see, what it is. We got to see an awful lot of it, of course, in the preseason. Why don't we do a little bit of a uh, touch up on preseason game four? And uh, yeah, we'll, sure. We'll throw 24 seconds on the shot clock here. Uh, and you can kind of just give me a quick take of what you think uh, you liked and what you didn't like and, and how things went. So I'm putting you on. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Put, right. put it on the clock. Let's do it. All right. On the shot clock, I would have to say that what I felt about preseason game four, uh, the defense looked good at times, but it's worrisome how different the game looked when Russell Westbrook was and wasn't on the floor and seeing Russell and how fired up he was and kind of this, uh, even in game three player coach that he was kind of being on the sidelines does kind of make me wonder about if that rumored Blake Griffin for Russell Westbrook trade ever happened. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about what I was seeing from uh, a lot of our younger players. Killian Hayes kind of came uh, into his own a little bit more as the preseason progressed. And then again, we talked a little bit already about Siku. We didn't talk a lot about Josh Jackson, though, who I thought was phenomenal. He is going to be the most improved player on this team. And, and I, I, I think overall in the NBA. So he was he was excited to watch. Boom. All right, cool. That's preseason game four in the books then. Let's talk about, just for a bit here, the preseason as a whole. Uh, Coming away with that, the big positives that I can see, we've kind of touched on a little bit in the shot clock section there, where Siku really seems like he's coming into his own. Josh Jackson seems like a completely different player. Uh, Killian Hayes doesn't look lost. He looks like a professional basketball player, but to expect him, he's also going to play like a rookie. He looks like a rookie, you know, I, and that's okay. It's positive, though. It's I think that's a positive because there are some people, you can count me among them, who were worried that he wasn't going to look like an NBA basketball player. Well, we live in the age of social media, so you're constantly seeing these videos from all these different basketball of vlogs and sites popping up about what rookies are doing. And it almost makes this pressure of 
you must be good now. Even though you're a rookie yeah. and you've never played in the NBA and maybe only yeah. one and done in college, you must be a highlight player right now. And Killian Hayes most likely is not that dude. And that's okay. No. Because we're going to build him into, into a solid player. But we can't expect that to happen right now. We have to be a little sure. bit patient. Yeah, I really, from what I saw from him in the preseason, and this is just, of course, it's it's a little bit reactionary. It's four games. But what I saw from him is, like, take imagine if Jason Kidd wasn't a Hall of Famer. All right. <laughs> well, Jason Kidd won a ring. So if, if Killian Hayes could do that for the Pistons, I guess I, I couldn't complain too much. Yeah, that's that's what I think of him. He's got that. Uh, I think he'll be able to rebound the ball well from the position. I think that he will constantly make really uh, smart basketball plays. And I don't think he's really going to be much of a scorer or much of a jump shooter. I hope that people don't read too much into the turnovers. Um, I think it was game two or three. He had seven. It's just yeah. it's just a little bit of jitters. And again, it's preseason. I think he'll clean it up as we move along. I know he didn't go against a lot of premier point guard talent, except for Westbrook for a little bit there, but mm-hmm. um, he'll clean it up. He's a rookie. He played pretty well against Russ. Yeah, he did. Yeah. No, I was encouraged by most of what I saw of him in that situation. The problem with Killian, <clears throat> not to get into him too, too much, but I mean, it is kind of time for that. This is what I saw from the preseason and this is a negative and this is a worry, but the problem with Killian is I think that, Detroit Pistons fans, this is going to be another Luke Kennard situation where you have a good player, a player that all 30 teams in the league would have a use for and everybody would would love to have. But there's a player who was drafted immediately after, in this case, more than one possibly, who looks just so much more impactful. The Pistons have been plagued by by picks like that. You know, one pick yes. later, you, you lose out on a generational talent or at least somebody who is better yes. than who you went with. Yes. What a lot of people need to understand is that that most likely, as you stated, is going to happen. That doesn't mean anything for this season. This season, that player may be better than Killian Hayes. Five right. years from now, pay who attention knows? then. Pay attention then. I, yep. I just don't give up on him too early. And and it's sure. a phenomenal point you make with, with the Luke Kennard situation because he wasn't a bad basketball player. No, he's a very means. good basketball player. You know, it's just tough when it, you look at that draft and you see who we could have had instead. And, and who's to yeah. say they'd even be that person, that player on this team anyway? So They would be. They would be. You can't. You'll never convince me that they wouldn't be. That just Donovan Mitchell just wouldn't be good if he was a Detroit. I don't Piston. think he wouldn't. I, I think he would be good. For I sure. know you're not. But, saying but also, that, they, but the I, Detroit it, Pistons don't get the be. press that a lot of other teams do as well. Yeah, but they're. The, would they be talking about for the freaking Utah Jazz, man? Yeah, they get press more than the Utah Jazz do when they're good. But. You know, and, and that's and that's just this thing. It's emo town, and I'm gonna get a little emo every now and then about. <laughs> About these things, you know, um, the, my other negative, and then I'll turn the ball over to you here uh, from the preseason. Um, I like certain things I see from the Pistons defense, but I really think that the rim protection and rebounding are going to be a problem all year. I think it's just going to be a problem all year. Um, I think the idea is they're going to try to kind of frustrate teams 
into making mistakes before they get to the rim. I think that that's going to be the way they're going to play defense, and I think that they're going to be pretty good at it. They had the number one ranked defense in the preseason, and you have to consider the fact that they played three games, two of which against the Knicks, one against the Russell Westbrook-less Washington Wizards, and one additional half against the Russell Westbrook-less Washington Wizards. Um, but still, they had the number one defense, number one ranked defense, and I think the 29th rated offense in the, in the league in the preseason. Um, so, like, I think their defense is going to be good. They're not going to be number one. I mean, anybody who sees that and thinks that that's going to extrapolate onto the year, I don't uh, Allow me I to think, be the voice of optimism when I say that this team was just put together. They were yeah, right. just thrown together at a melting pot, and they're like, hey, please make something of this. And and sure. so they're going to do their best to do that. I agree with you. Rebounding and rib protection might be a problem, but if anybody, you know, they get they get past the free throw line, Blake Griffin's just going to throw them on the ground anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yes, I love to see it. Oh, I love to see that. And and that's and that's something that gives me a lot of encouragement. And we're going to talk very briefly about Blake's role uh, and what we think of it. And and we're gonna put you know what? You got you got the shot clock ready to go? You know what I do have the shot clock ready to go. Let's put it on. Put twenty-four on the shot clock. We're gonna do shot clock on Blake Griffin's role on the Detroit Pistons. Okay, you are on the clock and go. All right. Uh Blake Griffin is going to be the heart and soul of the basketball team and play with a chip on his shoulder and probably only play half the game and carry a lot of heart, captain of the team. That's it. That's what he is. I don't even need the rest of my time. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, with six remaining seconds, I will say that Blake Griffin uh, came from winning basketball and he has potential to create winning basketball. So I'm hoping that he's able to do that, you know, this season with the Pistons as long as he's healthy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And and he looks healthy right now. He does. Yeah. He looks really yeah, good. He really does. He really does. Um, what about any other, other than Blake's health is another overwhelming positive that, that came from the whole preseason is that Blake looked very healthy. Uh, is there any other big positives that you took from the preseason that we haven't touched on so far? Uh, obviously progression of players. Um, yeah. Guys are looking good. Uh, you know, Plumlee doesn't look as lost as I thought that he was going to look. I wasn't excited about the signing of Plumlee because to me, he was just a, a career backup setter. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, he he shows a little bit of grit and a little bit of heart, and he moves the ball well. He's a great passer. Uh, yeah, you can spread the floor a little bit more. So I, uh, I I like I like Plumlee more than I thought that I was going to. Yeah, and Jeremy Grant as well. A, a little bit upset about that signing as well, and we'll get more into that in a little sure. bit. But uh, he he definitely started to come into his own more as the season progressed or the preseason progressed there. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay, so that then I think that we're we're in the right spot right now to transition into talking a little bit about the roster as a whole. And uh, starting with the, we're going to start with the starting rotation. Of course. And uh, we'll work our way. Well, we already kind of started talking a little bit about, about Killian Hayes, but uh, other than just kind of our general thoughts about what his potential might be going forward. uh, What do you feel just in general about like what to expect from him, let's say game 30, which is about the halfway point of this season. What are you hoping? What are, okay, so we're playing a 72 game season. Yep, yep. What do you hope what do you hope that game number 36 looks like 
for Killian Hayes? Uh, game 36 has uh, Killian Hayes. He's had a couple of big games where he maybe went off for 20 to 25 points, but that's not the base of his offense. I think he's going to move the ball really well. And I'm hoping that uh, Dwayne Casey's coaching style kind of pushes him towards that. We do need scorers. Absolutely. And, and he might be the, might not be the biggest scorer, but he's going to have a lot of points where he's going to take guys off the dribble again, optimism takes him off the dribble, gets to the rack, puts it in a couple of and ones, uh, so I'm hoping that he's somewhere above middle of the pack for rookies. And I know that's not a whole lot of expectation, but just from what I saw in the preseason and, and what I'm expecting midseason, he's going to be finding his way by then. And he'll, again, I, I hope he has a couple of breakout games. And to be honest with you, I hope that he's still the starter. Because if he struggles early, I worry that Dwayne Casey is a veteran man that maybe he gives those minutes to somebody else. So I'm, I'm hoping that he's still yeah. starting and getting the minutes he needs to progress as a player. What about you? Uh, well, like I already told you, I think that his potential is, is Jason Kidd, but not quite as good. And um, I, I think it's kind of scary because I think the floor and, and, it, and I worry sometimes I get a little, I get a little scared that I'm going to get hurt again. And I worry that I'm in Michael Carter Williams type, territory Brandon Knight type territory where you have a guy who looks like a promising player when he's a rookie and ends up being a rotation piece and and so I I am worried about that that's 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 what I think his his floor is in a scary way as far as his what I what I expect from him in game number 36 I'm hoping by game number 36 we get a sense of where his three point shot is at because right now, one thing that is very positive, I think about his game is he is unbothered by defenders and he is unbothered seemingly by misses. So he will, he will just let it go right with a guy just right in front of him, take shots that he hit a three in game four. I think it was over Westbrook that looked like a bad shot. I was like, mad he took it and he just was unfazed by how close the defender was unfazed by the hand directly in his face yeah and and just confidently took the shot confidently hit the shot didn't seem surprised he hit the shot so it seems like his misses they're on him you know what i mean it's his own funky shot it's his own not quite having it honed in, whatever it is, his misses are on him. So that means it's a problem that he can fix too, right? Absolutely. It's not a problem of being psyched out by defenders. I don't see that. I don't see him being psyched out by defenders and it's not a problem of, because I think we, we, we forget that these professional athletes are people. So like, you know, imagine at your job failing at a task when important people are watching you and you start to like get stressed out every time you have to do that. These aren't supermen. These are just regular dudes that happen uh, yeah. to be a, be capable of your regular and, thing. And here's the you thing. Know, but also they, that, but still get stressed out. But you're still dealing with the important people watching, but Pistons Twitter alone is brutal. It's <laughs> yeah. brutal. They're brutal. Yeah. No, it's, it is there. They are, they are brutal. And I understand I'm an emotional, I'm an emo Pistons fan too. Um, so, so one thing I guess I should ask you, and then this will be a regular thing throughout the season. 
my Michael Carter Williams, Brandon Knight comparison to Killian Hayes. Emo or not emo? It's a little emo. It's a little emo, emo. you think? Yeah, I think it's a little emo. I mean, I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it's a little emo. I'm glad to hear you don't think that it could be that bad. I really am. That that makes me happy. Um, Anything else that you have to say? about killing an uh you know if if he uh and again i i i'm i'm guilty of talking about the turnovers myself clean those up a little bit and he will uh good shot selection is, is going to be important of course shooting percentage so uh, i expect improvement in, in all of those things based off of what we saw initially there in just four mini games against a bunch of nobodies so all right okay well let's move on to the starting two guard then right now by all evidence it's it's delon right um and i think in in delon you you have a very smart starter at at the two guard i think a lot of pistons twitter isn't going to like it because he's 28 years old and probably in a lot of people's minds you get this uh narrative that you get to be a certain age and you just are what you are and you're never going to get any better and you know that narrative exists for a reason um, because it it's proven itself to be right in a lot of cases, but it's also wrong all the time. I mean, he's not a bad player. It's not like he has to fundamentally become a different player to be worth playing on your team. And 28 isn't that old. He just, but, to me, he comes off as another guy that, you know, when we talked about uh, Bruce Rutten, we said uh, a guy that was a starter on a playoff team. DeLon Wright mm-hmm. can be a starter on a playoff team, and I don't know how good that team is, but I think that sure. he, he, he can play that role. You talked a little yeah. bit about uh, Killian Hayes shooting the ball confidently, and I think DeLon Wright is another person just like that. Um, uh, maybe not so much in the face of adversity with some of the you know, defense in, the, in, in your face or whatever, but uh, I saw him shoot off the pick and pop. I saw him shoot, of mm-hmm. course, off, you know, off the dribble. I thought it was exciting. I, 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 yeah. I was excited to watch him play when he, I paid attention, yeah. especially to him, you know, as a whole game is going on, you tend to kind of watch the basketball. I was just watching him, what, where he yeah. moved on defense. He plays good help defense. Uh, and I think that he's going to be a very valuable piece to this team. And eventually everybody's going to, going to feel the same way too. I I think he's going to be a really valuable piece just because as a shooting guard, he is really more of a point guard. And when you, if you have him starting next to Killian, he's going to be able to take some of that ball handling responsibility when Killian's feeling a little bit overwhelmed or when that's just the way that Dwayne wants it. I think a lot of Pistons Twitter is going to be upset that uh, Sfima Hailuk is not going to start at shooting guard and he may eventually be the starter at shooting guard and he is not certainly without his own talents as a ball handler but maybe not quite the same passing instinct that delon delon wright has i i don't think you nearly at all has the same passing instinct that delon wright has and i think delon wright is also might end up covering the other team's point guard on a lot of nights as well yeah. um when killian's on the floor because he he moves a little quicker than Killian does from side to side. Uh, that's another thing we didn't mention about Killian Hayes, that it, he, he seems like he's going to be a good defensive player and a good team defensive player, and that he's going to impact the game on that side of the ball. So I don't mean to say anything gloomy about him, but I do wonder about his ability to cover a 6-2 point guard. You know, one more thing on DeLon Wright while we're talking about him, uh, and then we can move on. Uh, 
I, I like the idea of, we'll say the Washington Wizards. If Westbrook is covering Killian Hayes, DeLon Wright can just bring the ball up. Like, like you're saying, yeah. you don't have to worry about your rookie, Killian Hayes, trying to get past a I, what I think is a good defender and Russell Westbrook right. and trying to move sure. the offense. To, a tenacious move, one, yes, yes. That guy plays with so much right. like ferocity. Like you, you just you can keep the ball out of out of Killian Hayes' hands for a couple of possessions to allow him to regroup himself, right. and that's nice. Right, and keep the keep the offense moving. So, right, yeah, I, I think that that's why he'll be starting. Like honestly, that's uh, uh, that that's that's why. But the thing I think that a lot of people will bring up, and they aren't completely wrong, is when you have Blake Griffin, and we can talk about him real quick. And uh, unless you have something else, no, I'm going to transition no, no, let's a little keep bit going. of Delon Wright into Blake Griffin. Okay, uh, so um, one thing about Delon Wright that is valuable in the starting lineup is taking pressure off of Killian Hayes as a secondary ball handler, but. It could be argued that we already have that in Blake Griffin because that is what is special about 31-year-old or however old he is now, Blake Griffin, is his ability from the power forward position to handle and distribute the ball. Yeah, he's that's, really a point forward. That's his forward. special thing. He is. He's In the preseason, when he was at his best and when the Pistons were at their best offensively, I thought – uh, just from like how it looked, it was when him and Mason, him, Mason Plumley and Killian Hayes were kind of dictating the offense on the move. Winning Pistons basketball means that on offense, the ball went through Blake Griffin's hands. At some point, yes. he touched the ball. He made the pass. Yes. He got to the bucket. He's yes. not dunking over dudes anymore, and that's fine. No, nope. he is yep. definitely going to be a focal point to offense. And we don't have a whole lot of huge offensive pieces, but if we're scoring points, whether it's the fast break or in the half court offense, the ball went through his hands. Yeah. More than likely. Like that's, that really does seem to be the case and and that's going to be his role and that's fine. I think a lot of people are going to like, I'm just going to be honest. I'm in some Pistons Facebook groups and stuff like that. And there's a lot of people that uh, have been calling him. One of the quotes I saw was garbage juice or maybe dumpster juice or something like that. Um, And saying that he's done and he's toast. And I don't know what they're looking at. I mean, yes, if you compare him, his athleticism directly to the Blake Griffin that's in our all of our minds when we close our eyes and think about Blake Griffin and we see him dunk over a Kia or whatever. Yeah, he didn't, he's, he didn't he's dunk done. over a Kia, by the way. He went over the hood. I, I will never count that, but please continue. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's done. Compared to that guy, you know, his his knees are done. His jumping ability is done. But that's not – like, can we all just stop for a second with the – because athleticism is super, super important, but there's almost everybody who makes the league who who isn't good at basketball is super athletic. Nobody wants to compliment right? how much he's changed his game to fit his health right. and, and the Pistons organization right. now. Nobody really talks a whole lot about how he's not just jumping over dudes in his lob city and how much he had to change right. his own individual game to fit this team. And I, I think if he's healthy... Uh, you'll see a lot more of that this season. He was third team all NBA season before last. So one of the 15 best players in the league. 
if you go by that. I know that it's the way all NBA works is you have three front court guys and two guards, yeah. and you could argue that maybe the top ten players are all guards and you can't have them all on there and yada, yada, yada. I understand that. But by this metric, season before last, Blake Griffin was a top 15 player in the NBA, and he didn't do that jumping jumping over dudes. Yeah. Like, he just didn't. And so, uh, you know, there's, there haven't been very many uh, Blake effect dunks in Detroit. There just haven't, you know. And, and that's fine. The player that he looks like now, if you could imagine this basketball player with 20-year-old Blake Griffin's athleticism. He's just savvy. He's smart in basketball. Like you would have just had – you would just had – and he's always had the ability to handle the ball better than the average power he forward. He was a point guard. He's always been point. a pretty good passer. And like, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, I, you know, he's always had these tools, but just, just now the way he's playing, he plays like a quarterback out there. Let me. He plays like a savvy 35 year old quarterback who doesn't want to get hit but knows when he needs to be the guy making throws and when he needs to hang in the pocket. Blake Griffin took two charges this preseason. Don't tell me he ain't yeah, ready. That is a perfect analogy. That one thing that I'm looking forward to this season for Pistons basketball, of course, Blake isn't slamming it down on a bunch of dudes, but just watch one thing. When he does do that, which he inevitably will, watch yeah, all five happen. dudes on defense that very next possession. They're going to they're gonna force a turnover or they're going to get in somebody's head. They're going to do something. It's going to pump up the entire yeah. team. He's, he's the captain. Yep. I mean, he's, he's the dude. Yep. So he's going to throw it yes, down on somebody and watch all five of them get back on defense. And it's just – I don't know if there's going to be fans in the stands, but it's going to be emotional whether you're on the couch or, or in the, you know, in yeah. the stands. So. When he threw Thomas Bryan on the ground, I got all fired up. Just because it, it, it's good to see a guy who – is 30 years old and doesn't really have to do that kind of thing and gets paid $36 million a year or whatever it is. So he doesn't have to do that kind of thing and ain't fighting for his roster spot. So he doesn't have to be show that he's, you know, 100% about it or whatever. Like he doesn't have to do any of that. And that dude was jawing at him and kind of trying to intimidate him. And he threw him on the ground. And and I I love it. It wasn't so much the toss. It was the smile. He laughed in his yeah, face smile, afterwards. Oh my god! Like a Renaissance oh, painting. Man. It was beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it. So like, I see that, and I just see a man that's ready. And I and I and I just don't know with this team. If you look at next year's supposed free agent class, things can change, of course. But the expected free agent class for next year isn't all that special. That's the last year Blake's on the books for. He could even, excuse me, pull a, uh, a Gordon Hayward and and opt out. I mean, nobody thought he was going to do yeah. that. And and so you know, like these things could happen, and and Blake could go next year and be gone. But if if what you get out of this is the, an example for Seko Dumbuya and Sadiq Bay and Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart of a thirty six million dollar a year man who has had to get creative to find a way to extend his career and has to spend extra time in the gym that you don't think that superstar players are necessarily spending. If that is the kind of culture that gets on these guys from spending two years around Blake Griffin, it's worth 
$36 million for two years when there's not anybody better to sign and you're not going to be any good anyway, I think. Yeah. You know? Uh, so any, do you have anything else to say about Blake or should we move on to possibly the most uh, polarizing member of this Detroit Pistons starting line? You have me intrigued. I, we, we could talk all night about Blake, but let, let's, let's go with what you're saying. Who is, who is our most polarizing guy? Jeremy Grant. It's got to be Jeremy Grant. The most polarizing guy on Twitch, on Pistons Twitter has got to be Jeremy Grant. And that's not to say that he's the most overwhelmingly like negative. It's very Pistons Twitter 50, hates 50. Mason well, Plumlee, but it's 50-50. It's very 50-50. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Jeremy because I, I think that he's he's the mystery box for the Detroit Pistons. He's If J.J. Abrams were making a television show about the Detroit Pistons, the main character – would be this off-screen presence and it would be Jeremy Grant. And it would be a so. big question mark. I mean, you you know, you look at what he was doing in preseason game one and all the way to four, game four, he was MVP. I mean, he, he looked like he was starting to fit more into the offense. He was making a couple of defensive plays. Um, and another one of those situations where you're not watching the ball, but you're just watching one guy and seeing what he does. Does he take a playoff? And he wasn't. He, he, he wasn't, yeah. he was playing every play, whether the ball went through his hands or not, he was still moving. And I, I, I will be the first to admit that I wasn't exactly excited to see that we signed him, but you're talking about a 26 year old dude for 20 million a year who's can, who can take valuable minutes and make something with them. So I'm going to be sure. a little bit optimistic, uh, about what he's going to be able to present our team with. And, uh, I, I think that he, he has room for improvement. I mean, I, 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 I'll pass it off to you. Do you think that he is going to be, because I, I said earlier that we didn't have a lot of guys that, that scored a bunch and was like the huge, big offensive player. Do you think that he has the potential to be there next to Blake? Uh, yeah, no, I do actually. Um, I don't know if it will happen. You know, I don't want to make any it too bold of predictions about Jeremy, but this is, this is what I see. This is my perspective on Jeremy Grant. He's young enough. He's either 24 or 26. I, think 26. I, I get him. I get it confused. Uh, he is young enough at this point that he, he has an opportunity to improve. He, he has an opportunity to expand what people expect or know him for. And there's no reason that it shouldn't be with a team like the Detroit Pistons. If he signed with the Denver Nuggets for the same money, to play on that team. He's basically telling the world that the apex of his game and his powers as a basketball player is guarding one through five and hitting 40% of his three-pointers and creating zero offense for himself. And that is a good, in 2020, a good basketball player. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what, this is, People on Pistons Twitter and Pistons Facebook get upset about Jeremy Grant and get upset about that money and get upset about the fact that it didn't go to Christian Wood or whatever. And you can't play Christian Wood at small forward. You can't – he's not – I still to this day do not think that Christian Wood is a natural center. I think he's a power forward. He's – you can't play him and Blake Griffin – at extended minutes at the same time. 
You just can't. And like you, you said, can he can't Jeremy. cover the one through five like Jeremy Grant can. Any switch. You cannot any do switch, that. Jeremy Grant, and he's not going to do great against the big, heavy-hitting centers, okay? He's not going to cover Joker very well. But he can, he can on, on any switch, can cover any position. And that's valuable. Yes. That is very valuable to a team trying to find out its identity for defense. And again, preseason, they, they were ranked pretty damn high. And I, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold that up. But but his, yeah, of course his not, being but... on the court will help improve that. The Pistons are probably going to finish in the top half, <clears throat> excuse me, on defense. And uh, a big part of that is going to be Jeremy. But the, the thing is, people talk about the $20 million a year. In, in, in 2020, in the NBA, a guy who can guard one through five and is going to hit 40% of his three-pointers, he may not command quite 20 million dollars but it's so close that the fact that jeremy grant comes with the added bonus of being somebody who your gm drafted and believed at the time had more in his game than everybody else thought and jeremy believes that he has more in his game than he is able to do and if he wouldn't if he would have just resigned with them he would have just taken the same contract that it's been all over the news that the Pistons didn't necessarily get. The Pistons didn't, they may have overpaid for him, but they didn't overpay for him in the sense that there wasn't another team willing to offer him the same money because there yep. was. So then there was a team willing to offer him that money to just guard one through five and shoot 40% from three, which, which is great, you know, and, 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 and that might be a $17 million player, so we paid an extra $3 million for a guy who is a good character guy. And in my opinion, has shown the ability to create his own shot off the dribble and get to the free throw line, which is something that the Detroit Pistons have struggled getting to the, uh, the free throw line. For the last you know handful of years, they really haven't had a guy the way – a lot of other teams, and they still don't have the guy who can just get to the line at will. Don't get me wrong. But Jeremy gets to the free throw line a lot better than I think any of us thought he did. He got to the free throw line a few times in every single game, creating his own offense. Not not got to the free throw line because he was one step of, ahead of his defender on a cut and got a, a well-timed pass from one of our other big men or something like that. No, he took a dude off the dribble. Put the ball on the floor. Got to the he line. Put the ball on the right. floor. We don't have enough of it. Right. Right. So, like, let him learn. Let him learn. Let him. He thinks he can be that player. Let us see if he can be that player. Because if he can, the Pistons have a good player for the next three years who's going to help, nur- like, nurture their other young players. He's probably not on the Detroit Pistons truly – He's not good. He's not really a, a big time. He doesn't raise their ceiling nearly as high as he raises their floor. Oh, wow. Yes. That is a great point. Yes. So, and that's okay because we don't want our floor to be Philadelphia 76ers trust the process low because we want the guys that we bring in to, to learn from the right kind of people and to be on a team that competes every night and just maybe isn't quite good enough to win. Yeah. So, 
anyway, not to not to beat that point to death, but that's what I that's what I see with Jeremy Grant. I see a guy who's a willing passer, but he needs to keep his head up and work on passing off of the dribble and not always just forcing the because that is one thing he did. Once he started to like decide he was going to take a guy off the dribble, he did force the issue a little bit. Sometimes it got him to the line. Sometimes it resulted in not a great shot. Uh, I think Pistons fans need to give him the freedom to shoot those 18-footers because he's proven that he can make them. So it's not a bad shot coming from him. And uh, But he needs to work on keeping his head up and, and looking for people once he starts to make that decision. That it's yeah, He's also drill. not that guy that's crashing to the basket and then throwing up some horrible shot and throwing his hands in the air as soon as he gets touched a little bit. I like that he's trying to make everything that he shoots. I know that sounds funny, but there's a lot of guys yeah. you see in the NBA today who are not shooting to try to make it. They're shooting to try to get a foul. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, okay, so let's now let's transition into the most hated player in Plumdog Millionaire on Pistons Twitter. Yep, Mason Plumdog, 25 millionaire. Uh, I don't understand the hate. Again, a lot of this comes down to we could have signed Christian Wood, and I, I argue that while Christian Wood is clearly a better player than Mason Plumley, I don't know how much he raises the Detroit Pistons ceiling. I don't know how much he helps out with a guy like, let's say, Isaiah Stewart, who is more the type of player that it seems like Troy Weaver prefers. Again, I don't know Troy personally. Uh, if he wants to talk, I emo town pistons on twitter i give you my phone number through my dms troy we can talk i'll get to know you but like i don't know the guy personally but i just get the impression that isaiah stewart is more the type of player that he prefers than christian wood is at that five position i'm i'm gonna give you because you're a salesman matt you're a salesman i'm gonna give you an opportunity to sell me on mason Plumley. let me give you some numbers really quick i just I'm going to let you take the reins on this one, okay? The Pistons had $11.5 million in cap space, much above anybody else at the mid-level exception. If you could have signed Plumlee or signed um, I don't know, Hassan Whiteside, we could have gone out and grabbed somebody like Hassan Whiteside. Why would you take somebody like Plumlee over, over Hassan Whiteside, who I think is – I think he's more valuable to our team. I think he's got – uh, more opportunity to give us better offense. His defense might be a little bit better as well. Sell me on Plumlee based off of that. There's almost no way anybody could convince me that Hassan Whiteside is a more valuable offensive player uh, than, than Mason Plumlee, just based solely on Mason Plumlee's ability to create for other people. Um, but uh, it's it's clear that Whiteside is a more gifted athlete, a better defensive player. Uh, his problem, the, the rub with Hassan Whiteside is that he's got a bad attitude, right? And, and he's kind of a me first in the gimme gimme's sure. type of player. And I just don't know how much that attitude really helps a team, a young team like the Pistons. I'm not trying to say that there aren't teams out there that uh, could really use Hassan Whiteside and what he has to offer. And there aren't teams out there that would be foolish to sign Mason Plumlee instead of Hassan Whiteside. 
Um, I just I have a hard time convincing me that the Detroit Pistons are that team or that Hassan Whiteside is nearly uh, as valuable to the development of a player like Isaiah Stewart or a player like Seko Dumbuya uh, as as Mason Plumlee could be. I've kind of talked about this a little bit with Blake Griffin being an example of a potentially Hall of Fame player who's had to reinvent his game because of injuries and and work really hard and work a lot harder than a lot of other hall of fame players probably have had to work to stay relevant in basketball and that i think that that's a good example for players who are in their teens and 20s and things like that mason Plumley is it's a similar thing it doesn't come with the same amount of clout and the same amount of uh, weight that that message comes from with Blake Griffin. But you have a guy who's managed to stick in the league all this time because he knows what he does special, and he finds ways to make sure that he can do that in every basketball game. He's aware of what he isn't so great at, and he's found ways to mitigate that and to play around it. And it's managed to carve out a role on some really good NBA teams. That Portland team, I believe that went to the conference finals had Mason Plumlee as their starting center. He averaged five assists a game on that team. Uh, He's been a, I believe top seven passing front court player for the last several years, as far as uh, analytics are concerned. And he's harmed a little bit in those rankings by how little he has played in these last couple of years, uh, backing up, you know, backing up the Joker and stuff like that. So Plumlee's better than a lot of people have given him credit for. And watching those four preseason games, I see a guy who has created a lot of offense for other people. He probably would have been averaging five, five assists a game in the preseason if it wasn't for people missing shots. And his screen assists, that's another kind of, stat that doesn't make it on the back of a basketball card and isn't the oldest stat in the world, but it is something that the, uh, the stat heads keep track of is your screen assists. And he's one of the highest screen assist players in the entire NBA. And your starting rookie point guard is a pick and roll player. I just don't, I think that if you're playing chess and not checkers, Plumlee is a smarter player to sign than a guy like Whiteside. Ladies and gentlemen, Emo Town Pistons, Matt. That's very well said. Very good. So, and, th- and thank you. But, I mean, that, that, is, that is what I think. You know, that's – I, I, I can't sit here and try and say he's a better player than Christian Wood or that he's a better player than a guy like Whiteside or whatever. But when you start to think about fit and, and what you need out of a 30-year-old center – Part of that is imparting something onto your younger players. And Hassan Whiteside can't teach you to jump better. He just can't. And 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 I don't know what his uh, what else he would really bring to the team outside of the game to game perspective. So, alrighty, that's my Mason Plumley take. You got anything to add to that? Other than the fact that everybody no, hates No, no, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head with that. I think that was phenomenal points. Again, we have a young team. Uh, Hassan Whiteside is a great basketball player. I don't know if he's necessarily a mentor uh, to the right. to what, you would, what you're hoping for for these young guys. So, yeah, Plumlee's been in the league for a long right. time, and there's a reason for that. Not a lot of dudes 
stick in the league for that long, even if he's, you know, a career backup, he's sure. there for a reason. He knows what he's good at. He knows what he's not. Right. And as you stated, he, he mitigates the things that he's not. So very good. Uh, why don't we briefly touch on uh, the second string squad and, and uh, we'll, we'll move through them. Let's of course start with Derek Rose. So we'll, we'll let you go ahead and. All right. Put 24 on the shot. Derek Rose doesn't Derek get all Rose. that love. Does he? No, he, well, I mean, he gets right. a lot of love. There just isn't a whole lot to say about him. I love him, and I could talk for several minutes about Derrick Rose, but I don't think Fair we enough. need to. So okay, put 24, 24 on the shot, shot clock, clock for Derrick Rose. Rose. Starting now. Derrick Derek Rose, he looks fine. He looks engaged. He doesn't look like he's worried about hurting himself, and he seems like he likes his role here, so hopefully people stop with the free Derrick Rose routine because he doesn't want to be freed. So that's that's my take Another on Derek Rose. I love it. Um, oh, we we'll let your time run out here. Uh, uh, and hey. <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. Stop trying to free Derek Rose. He's happy with where he is. He loves the role that he has. He wants to be a mentor. Uh, it's not like he's you know underpaid and he's stuck on a losing team where he's he he, he hates it. I, I think that he's going to continue to help our young stars progress. And who better, you know, for for uh, Killian Hayes to learn from than Derrick Rose himself, the youngest MVP of all time. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's and that's my feelings about him too. So, no, no real reason to dwell on him too much more than that. He looks good. He looks he looks like what you would hope him to look like. Uh, so, let's talk about the other big feature apparently in our in our second unit, according to head coach Dwayne Casey, Sekudumbuya, and uh, he of course is our second year. Uh, out of France, swingman, not sure if he's a small forward or a power forward. I, I think he's a power forward, and I think you're going to see him play a little bit of small ball five every now and then because he's got such a a burgeoning post game. Um, but uh, And he's so strong. He's so he's so big. He's, he's, he's just such a big, strong dude for his age. And so uh, really showing a lot. In the preseason, he showed a lot off the dribble. He showed a lot as far as his confidence is concerned. He was hitting three. He was hitting three pointers in people's faces off the dribble. He was shooting off of the catch willingly. Uh, I'm. I, I really. I, I have in my notes here because I wrote a lot of these notes before the news that Dwayne Casey viewed him as a as a featured part of the second unit. I have in the notes Siku should play a lot. It, it, it Siku's development this season will determine Casey's reputation as a developer of talent and manager of team. That's what I have Somewhere written down here. In the suburbs, and, and... a white woman is hanging a sign in her living room that says, "It's not about where you came from; it's about where you're going." That is Siku. <laughs> it is. It, he, he he's everything that you hope for. He was second round pick. No, no. Uh, he was just oh, was outside really? the lottery. Okay. I think Either way, he, he yeah, is 18. everything that you're hoping for in a player that's progressing. If you can't have the dude that's just there right now, then you want the guy that's going to have the potential to grow later. So he's he is that. Yeah. I mean, you look at what he did last year, and he wasn't exactly the most exciting piston. You know, I wasn't going out to buy one of his jerseys. By the end of this season, that's going to change. He's going to get a lot more minutes. He's going to improve a lot. And he showed that already. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about what he did already this season. But uh, same idea. Let, let me give you uh, the 36th game of this season, just like we did with Killian Hayes. 
where is Siku at? Sure. I think by that point, uh, Seku's playing. First of all, I think by that point, I firmly am pronouncing his name correctly. He's playing about, you know, if Blake's not injured, 22, 23 minutes a game. And he's putting in like some nights. It's like he's getting a point a minute out there. And Dwayne Casey's got to leave him out there 30 minutes. And, you know, I think that 36th game, that could be easily – you know, uh, uh, a seven out of 12 with three threes and a couple trips to the line and a couple dunks and a couple of blocks all in 23 minutes. Like that, that's, that's what I see, man. Like, uh, really like all the little ways that you see Pascal Siakam show up in the game. That's, that's what I, I really think that Siku can do. I think you he know, can I, be better. I'm, I really do. I think it's I think almost sacrilegious to mention Tobias Harris right now. But when you look at the relationship that Tobias Harris and Boban Magnanovic have and how cute that was when they're playing together, yes. I would love to see something like that yes. with, with, with Seku, Seku, with that dude. Yeah. And, yep. and maybe Killian Hayes or Derek whatever it is. Something friendly that really boosts yeah. morale, not only in the locker room, but in the fan base. Pistons fans have not had a lot Him to Blake look forward are to. Let's give them something off the court as well. He just comes off as a dude that yeah. he, he seems incredibly likable. He's he's very teachable, obviously, and and I'm I'm I am I'm very excited about what he's going to do this season. Me too. Me too. Uh, another guy that I'm incredibly high on right now and and expect big things from, and I think a lot of Pistons Twitter thinks he should be the starting shooting guard, and that's uh, Sfimikai Luke. Uh, I I saw during the preseason, Sfi was active on defense in a way that was very encouraging. I don't think that Sfi is ever going to be some kind of shut down one on one perimeter defender, but he he looked like a difference maker in team defense. He looked like a guy who was looking for his spots to jump jump passes, looking for his spots to really make an impact on the team defense without sacrificing the shape. If you want to go with like a bit of a soccer metaphor, he was trying to make plays without sacrificing their shape. And I really, I loved seeing it. And and so that was really encouraging from him. He is an elite shooter off the catch. He's an elite shooter uh, off of, uh, kind of those off balance catches he can shoot he he can create a little bit off of the pick and roll he was he was finishing at the rim not just like the dunk he had in transition but i mean actually in traffic off of pick and roll situations what i love to see about him when he's going out there is he's playing for his minutes you (laughs) see it you see like and of course he wants to be the starter of course there's a lot of pisses twitter wants him to be the starter but it's the same thing that i said about delon right too he can he is a starting shooting guard on a playoff team. He's got that potential as well. Yeah. And every time yep. he is on the court, he is playing for his life. Like he is he wants to be out there and yeah. he's he's doing his best to show it. You see a lot of guys in the preseason that do that and then as the season progresses, they they realize what their role is and they just kind of back off a little bit. He is not that man. He is going to play to be a starter or he's going to die trying. And I love that about him. I do too. And uh, I think that uh, I think that my bold prediction for Spima High Luke this year is 
he's going to go out there and he's going to grab us like 14 points and a couple rebounds and a couple assists and maybe a steal every single game. And that's going to be a big improvement. Last year he was a nine point a game scorer and that was a big improvement. Uh, I think he's going to make us forget about Luke Kennard a little bit. I think that he can be better than Luke Kennard. That's high praise. I mean, as high as it can be, of course, as Luke Kennard we're talking about. But 14 points a game, a five-point swing is huge, especially in bringing in DeLon Wright and expecting him to start. If he can come off the bench and and score 14 points a night or whatever it's going to be, um, that's going to be huge for the second half of our season. As, you know, some teams don't have that deep of a bench. So if he can be that spark on offense yeah. with, with Derrick Rose, um, I, I think that the Pistons can, oh God, you're going to hate me, but I think the Pistons can make the playoffs. It's weird because everybody who is paid to know about basketball, like you and I, we make our money, not, not from, from hoops, you know, but uh, everybody who's paid, to talk about basketball or to know about basketball seems to be picking the Pistons dead last in the league. And I just don't see that. I don't see that. And maybe I, maybe I'm just emo. (laughs) I'm I'm, emo in the other direction, but I don't see that. I don't know that I see like a dangerous. There are worse teams. I I mean, we'll get into, yeah, there's definitely going to be worse teams. There's there's no doubt. The Thunder got something Um, out of Chris Paul that a lot of teams before them didn't health. He was healthy. Yeah. If Chris Paul sure. goes to the Suns sure. as he is now and is healthy, they're going to be a great team. But if he's not, they're still that same Suns team. I love Devin Booker. Dude's elite. Uh, Devin, if you're listening, I know you're not. But if you're listening, I love you. Please send a jersey and send it to me. Uh, but the Suns are not that great of a team. So there are teams out there that are worse than the Pistons are. I don't know why they have them finishing last. I, I don't think they're going to finish last in their division. Or in their in their yeah I, yeah I, just, I don't I just either. don't see him. I don't think the Cle- no I don't think Cleveland's not. better. I just don't. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about. I know that you have some really high praise for this guy, so I'm kind of going to let you take most of the reins. Let's talk about J Jack. Talk about Josh, Josh Jackson, Jackson is. Um, you know, it's it's tough because we're a little flooded at the forward position, but he can play two guard too. And 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 you know, there's the biggest problem is going to be minute distribution because only so yes. many guys can improve and it's going to be based off of how much they're playing. Right. If Josh Jackson gets the minutes that I think he deserves, he is, he's back home. He's home. He's on a team that I think that he wants to be on and he has something to prove. And I am very yeah. excited. It, you know, you made a phenomenal point about Jeremy Grant about he could have very easily stayed where he was and just been content with what he was doing. And just stayed there. I think mm-hmm. Josh Jackson, by being on this team, is going to only go up. And I, he's going to be, if he gets the minutes, the most improved player for our team. And, and I will make my very bold, very strange but bold prediction. Josh Jackson will be the most improved player in the NBA at the end of this season. Yeah, if he I, gets the minutes. He's got to get the minutes. So you think... You think he's gonna get? The, he could get the award and everything, not just be like a consensus. Oh yeah, he's most important. You think he no, could get the he's award? No, he's more like the guy that were like, oh my god, they gave it to that guy. But look at what Josh Jackson did. Josh Jackson should have yeah, won that. Right, that's really what. Sure. He, that's really what's going yeah, to happen. You're probably it's, right. It's a Dro- right. Detroit Pistons we're that's talking about. The right. Pistons thing. It's the Stones. They're not going right. to give it to anybody. Thing. The Stones. 
but but that's what's going to be trending. Right. That's what people are going to be talking about. Josh Jackson deserved that sure. by how he played and what he did. And I could see him being a guy that yeah. continues to sign with us um, and, and maybe even stays with us for the rest of his career. You made a point that I loved I'd the love other that. day. It was Josh Jackson is playing for his American basketball career. And it's, yeah. it, it's, it's resonated with me. It's stuck with me because I think he realizes that as well. Yeah, no, I think he does. I definitely think he does. And he's playing two, three, and four as far as guarding on defense. He's, I see him working really hard on box outs. I know that's just not like a basketball card thing, but like it, it, when you see it, I think it speaks to the level of devotion and heart of the player and, and how, how committed they are to, mm-hmm. to the cause. You know, uh, he's been absolutely just lethal on fast breaks. Lethal. The floaters look great. He's been passing really well. He's been allowed to kind of handle the ball. I think he could get some minutes uh, with Killian Hayes just because he also has that ability to handle the ball a little bit. He, makes, he looks like a new player. He makes you want to be better. You see him box out, so now you want to box out. You, he takes the charge. Yeah, he yes. took a couple charges. Watching him take a charge yeah. and then the other guys start to do it as well is more contagious than COVID. Like, he, he was – yeah, he, no, yeah, he's gonna do a lot of those things that that winning teams have. The guy that's chippy that takes a charge, yeah. he'll he'll give him the entanglement. But you know, it, 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 if he gets the minutes that he deserves, and again, I know that we're flooded. He's going to be. He's going to be. We impressive. are. We are, and it's Dwayne Casey. It's Dwayne Casey, and you know, uh, he we we know, but Josh Jackson's right. a veteran, though. So he he's probably going to play some minutes that maybe some people out there are going to wish went to Sadiq Bay or something like that, and they're going to go to J-Jack. Uh, let's kind of go a little bit into some of the players that I don't expect to make as much of an impact on the team. Um, Jaleel Okafor, uh, the dude can score in bunches, but he's super erratic. You don't have a clue you know what, I mean? what you're getting He doesn't seem to take – yeah, he doesn't take his time. He does not take his time. Uh, he should really rebound better than he does. But one thing you can say about him is the dude can score. The thing is, he, he comes off as another guy and who, I think that, who plays for, or is trying to play for his minutes. He just doesn't do so well of a job at it. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I, when, when they signed Jaleel and Josh Jackson, I figured one of those guys had a real good chance at uh, completely revitalizing their basketball career. And it looks like it's going to be Josh Jackson and it's not going to be Jaleel. And I think uh, one of my big predictions, I guess, is I think that uh, um, Isaiah Stewart, I think, is going to take a lot of Killian's minutes. I think game 36 for Isaiah Stewart is going to look like now I'm playing 10 of – I'm playing my four minutes I was always getting, but I'm playing 10 of Jaleel's minutes too now. You know what I mean? And I I really think that 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 is what – game 36 looks like for Isaiah Stewart. He rebounds better than Jaleel. He's tougher than Jaleel. Uh, he has a similar touch around the basket. He's not as good in that area at this moment that Jaleel is. His mid-range shot looks like it's better than Jaleel's. Uh, he's mid-season. He's going to supplant me, Jaleel in the rotation. Give me a quick I, take. I truly uh, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, bigger impact on the team mid-season. Oh man! Uh, after preseason game one, I would have told you 
it was absolutely going to be Sadiq Bay because he showed some tools I didn't know that he had in preseason. His uh, his ability to score off the dribble. I think that the Pistons absolutely have something in Sadiq Bay. I think they have a potential all star in the future. I really see somebody who's in that uh, Danny okay. Granger type mold. He might not be as good as Danny Granger was, but that's the type of player I see. I see somebody capable of getting their own shot, somebody who's a, an excellent standstill jump shooter, and somebody who plays solid defense and knows where they're supposed to be on the court. That's what I see. As far as who will have the bigger impact this season, I think that Isaiah Stewart has the clearer path to play time because of what's in front of him. Sadiq Bey... Uh, he's got to get past J-Jack. He's got to get past DeLon Wright. He's got to get past Fima High Luke. He's got to get past uh, – I mean, that, that might be pretty much yeah. it, but that's a lot of people standing in front of Sadiq and playing yeah. time, you know? Oh, and, and also also Seku is, is, is going to play some minutes at small forward. So It's very you know, crowded. It, it, it is very it, it, crowded. It's really crowded. I think long-term Sadiq Bey is going to be a better player than Isaiah Stewart. I think long-term Isaiah Stewart is going to be a better player than anybody thought. The Pistons got roasted for that draft pick, and I think that is silly. And people have been saying that 6'9 is undersized for seven. Everybody's since playing he's small ball right now. Everybody's playing small it? ball right now. What is it? Yeah, like seriously, what is it? Make, pick a lane. Like People who talk about basketball. Pick a lane is 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 a guy who's six foot nine and can move laterally and is uh, they say he's he's just about ready to finish the the Ray Allen drill that he can hit NBA three pointers not the way we were like oh maybe Andre can start to hit some NBA three pointers no 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 this guy already has a jump shot you know like what he, I think he is a prototypical I think if you take a guy like Montrez Harrell and give him a three point shot and a little bit more legs, you get a guy like Isaiah Stewart. So I think he's going to be a very good player in the NBA and has a clearer path to playing time very good. this season. Uh, we haven't – Anything you have to add no, on either no, of I those think guys? those are actually valid, uh, valid points. And, again, Sadiq Bey does have to get through the gauntlet of players to prove himself. And it's yeah. not going to be that way. We're it's not tough. going to keep all of these guys, unfortunately, because I, I, I have a lot of high praise for a lot no. of them but we're not. And hopefully that clears things up a little bit for him because I do expect him. I, you know, I I told you before we'd done any of the podcasting that I had high praise for him and that I was hoping that we would take him. And then we did. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that you did um, that he gets some kind of minutes and and can prove himself out there. Do you mind if I take Wayne Ellington? Okay. So I'm just going to do 24 seconds if that's cool with you. Perfect. Yep. Nope. Go ahead. Yep. Shot clock. And Wayne I went ahead and started the, st- the shot clock already. Here's the thing. And, you know, I, when I think of Wayne Ellington, this is kind of where my brain goes to. Um, the thing about Wayne Ellington is that. All right. That's all the time we have for him. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, he's spare shooting. I, I get why he's here. He, I don't get why he played get a so damn much in the preseason there and, at all. And, and he'll, maybe he'll provide some good yep. things for us. I, I will give him. I'll give him that. Yep. I think he can provide maybe a, a couple points here and there, and 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 
move the offense a little bit. I just I don't expect him to to do a lot. <laughs> I'm being pessimistic. He can. I hope he. I hope he can teach the swing. Yes. How okay. To get very him. good. And you know what? He's That's he's got it. a good shot off That's the pass. It. He does. So we'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Like I said, I get why he's here. I just don't know why he played so much during the preseason. Roddy Magruder, same thing. I, I get why he's here. Plays hard. Uh, I'm kind of glad that they kept him, but I hope he never plays. <laughs> um, and then we can get into Saban Lee. Uh, Saban Lee. I remember when his dad amply played in the NFL uh, and Saban Lee kind of reminds me of his dad, uh, a little bit of a littler guy with a whole lot of uh, punch that he packs. Um, he's definitely an NBA player. There's no doubt that he, I mean, not right this minute, but there is no doubt that Saban Lee is a future NBA player. Um, he may be the backup point guard of the future. I don't know, but, uh, you know, there's, he's, it's tough for him that there's not going to be a G league this year uh, for the Pistons anyway, because they're, they're not sending a G league team to the bubble in Atlanta. Um, but uh, Saban Lee, his legs, when he's out there dribbling and trying to get to the, to the, to the rack, he's got the craziest legs. It's like watching a cartoon character run like Scooby-Doo <laughs> running his way to the basket. So, um, and uh, Davidis, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, and then uh, Davidis Servetus, we didn't see him during the preseason at all because of uh, COVID stuff coming over from overseas. Yep, yep. He had to quarantine and everything like that. He is in Detroit. I don't know what to think of him. I don't know what to make of him. The highlights look like you see a guy with a decent three-point touch who's a good uh, passer, who has a little bit of a Euro step. No evidence he can play defense whatsoever. And uh, the if you dig beyond the highlights, it it makes no does, sense. Does why he have a family? Team, Matt, his does he have a family? Terrible. God, man. Wow. No, fair assessment. Like, Very fair. Wow. He, Brutal. I. I I just don't. You gotta know. have fifteen spots. Um, so. so we kind of talked. That's right. And and, and uh, I think you might have been better off keeping Musa. At than, least than you went to piss everybody agent, off. Yeah, right. His agent is uh, Arn Tellum's son, so there might be some sort of nepotism kind of thing going on. I I have no idea. But uh, so we kind of discussed a little bit about what we think. Or we've discussed the entire roster at this point. We're getting to the point where this podcast is a little over an hour long. So one thing I really want to do right now, not that I'm in any serious rush to end, but I don't want to go too long. Um, who are you excited to see play together? Just a quick take on, on who you who, like a rotation that is mm-hmm. not the starting rotation that you would be excited. Yep. You don't need to name five guys. Just give me two players that aren't in the starting rotation together. That you we talked be based on it a little bit players. earlier. Seiko and Blake are going to be fun to watch. I think that they Blake, of course, has the ability to control the ball being a point forward. And uh, Seiko can get to the rack. They're both two dudes that can get to the hoop to score. And that's, uh, that's clearly my mm-hmm. favorite. So uh, I, I look forward to what they're yeah. going to be able to do together on offense because if they're on the court at the same time, they're more likely going to be the ones uh, scoring the bucket. I could see a Siku Blake uh, rotation also being something that I'm kind of interested in as well. But from like a perspective of I'm, I'm interested to see what it would be like with Blake being oh. the center and there being five, five potential ball handlers. So small ball. I, I kind of pictured Blake time. at four, Siku at three. 
I mean, Blake is a four and, and is not a center, and I'm not trying to make him one. It's just for, for certain minutes, I would be intrigued to see what it would look like to have five capable shooters slash ball handlers. Before you on give me floor, your guys that you uh, in together, certain can you, instances. Do you, do you have a, a clue? Do you have a clue? Okay. That is my clue. That is my five are, Who those five are? What does that look like? Uh, I would like to see a rotation that maybe had something like, mm-hmm. I mean, you could put Killian and Delon and Spee and Jay Jack and Blake all on the floor at the same time, or instead of Jay Jack or instead of like move Jay Jack to the three, take Spee out or put him at the two and have, uh, Very cool. and, and have Siku out there. You know, those are the kinds of, those are the kinds of rotations where, and then you have Blake kind of stepping out, not only to do any kind of ball handling, but you can have CQ set and picks, set and picks for Blake. You can have Blake set and picks for those guys. It's just interesting in in small doses to see what that might do to certain teams. I, I don't know if we'll ever see it, but that would be the one that if I was playing two K, I might try it Very good. now and then. Um, okay, so uh, real again, uh, a quick take, not to not to bloviate on it too much. Uh, you kind of already said you think that they could make the playoffs. So for this question. What could they be? They could be right now. I don't mean in twenty twenty two. They could be a playoff. What could they be right no, now? Check that. They can make the playoffs. I don't know if they're contending necessarily. I I, I think that they can make yeah, the no, playoffs, no. and that's a win for this team. In fact, yeah. Realistically speaking, if they finish, oh, I don't know, ninth or tenth in the East, that's a win. That's mm-hmm. a win for yeah. what they have for a bunch of guys yeah. that they just threw together, and they have to find chemistry. I mean. Sure. Here's the thing, not to make any comparisons, look at Miami in 2012. You had three all-stars yeah. who were just phenomenal talents, but they didn't sure. play together. They didn't have chemistry yet. So everybody was questioning them at the beginning of that yeah. season. Nope. Eventually, they won, and unfortunately, they would lose. Or I'm sorry, this is 2011. They would lose the, uh, the championship to, to the Mavericks. And that was 12. But, but I remember them starting. Yeah. So again, that's three players with LeBron James, sure. Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. So Take all that talent. Right, which is obviously not what we're working with. If they can finish uh, 10 or higher, I would be very satisfied with with that result. I think I would too. Uh, Just from the the culture building standpoint uh, of not being a doormat. Not just being a filler Staying in the lottery. Right. Uh, And that's kind of what I think they could be too. I think they could be flirting with a playoff playoff spot for most of the year. They might even grab one. As far as like what I think right. they will be, like brass tacks, what I think they will be. You're a lifelong <clears throat> Pistons fan, so I think they're going to be. Yeah, I know, and I think they're going to be a team that <laughs> ends up flirting with being decent all year and ends up getting like the seventh pick again. That's what I think is going to happen. Man. Is that yeah, emo? Matt, that, that is emo. That is, but you know what? It's no, it's not emo. I'm okay, sorry. I'm saying this back. It's not emo. I mean, optimist. You can be as optimistic as you want to be. And I think that we have a lot of great pieces sure. on this team. I don't know how well they fit together. We got to yeah. make a couple of moves to move a couple of guys. Yeah, that, I know we just got them, and that sounds crazy. The season hasn't even started yet, but we've got to find out right. who those guys are, and unfortunately move on from the rest so we can find who else complements the team more. Jalil Okafor will probably be one of those guys who we move on from eventually. Um, 
and oh yeah. and there's a couple of other guys but it, you know wayne allington gotta hate i hate to be so mean to him hate to be so mean to gut him, but... gut check okay yes or no does blake does blake griffin finish the season wow. as a trophy? Uh, no 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 I think, I think he, he does. does because he's the he team does. captain and he's that veteran presence. And again, he came from winning basketball, so he knows how to win. I think that there's a chance that they, they've done crazy, crazy things this offseason. And I, I just wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about this? I don't want him to be traded. So go on the record and say, I don't want him to be traded. Yeah. It wouldn't be the craziest thing that they do all season. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything too different than that. I don't think, I don't think he will be, but it certainly wouldn't be uh, any kind of a, a big surprise, right? Okay, so I mean, that's pretty much the season preview. I think uh, it sounds like we're both expecting them to win anywhere between like twenty eight yeah, and thirty eight games. You Better know, the division and uh, and and really. Yeah, and really, whether or not they make the playoffs, it seems like it's probably going to come down to it's, loose balls. It's going to be how they're rebounding. You know is what I mean? And how their free throw shooting is. Yep. They're not a great free throw shooting team. Despite the fact that everybody thinks they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And I just, I, everything I saw, it just, it looked like, it looked like a basketball team that has that that's floor is a is is quite a bit higher than that obviously i don't think their floor is as a playoff team i think their ceiling is basically squeaking their way in but it just i it's 36 wins this season is 500 and i think that they're going to be anywhere between just a handful of games under yeah just barely over and that's if they play all 72 who knows if they're going to play all 72 yeah, who knows if yep. we're even going to get seventy-two, right? Um, okay, so I guess uh, one of the last one of the last segments, I've agreed to let Drew yes, talk about the Celtics a little bit, but only for as long as he can maintain a convincing Irish Which, accent. Oh God! I am so not, uh, the floor I is yours, Drew. Out. Okay, here we go. The Boston <laughs> Celtics did not play a great game against the Brooklyn Nets. As they failed, <laughs> one <laughs> They didn't shoot great, thirty-four percent from the field, and they allowed them to shoot twenty-seven free throws. Jason Tatum went off for nineteen <laughs> points, and Kevin Durant went for twenty-five. Okay, is that it? Okay, is that all yeah, I get? We're done. Oh, we're done. Yep, that's it. That's I it. thought that's I was doing good. I thought I was oh, doing man. good. Tune in next week to figure out if Drew ever gets that Irish accent well enough to tell us anything that's going on in Beantown. Drew, you got anything else um, to say before the well, end of this thing? obviously, try to follow us on any of our social media. We are, of course, on Facebook and Twitter at Emotown Pistons. It's capital E, capital T, capital P. Give us a follow. See if Matt gets any more likes from the Hall of Fame basketball. Uh, other than that, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I had a good time today, Matt. I'm looking forward to next week.